Welcome to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast, the world's first podcast about medical laser therapy for healthcare providers. Each week, we discuss the latest research, interviews with experts, and how laser therapy can enhance your practice. Now, here is the founder of LTI and your host, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Hey, thanks again for joining me today on the Laser Therapy Institute Weekly Podcast. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree, and I'm glad to have you with me again. I hope this year you've been able to tune into a few of our podcasts and hear about the state of laser therapy research as it has advanced very rapidly. Not just laser therapy research, but medical research in general is moving forward at breakneck speeds, which is really exciting. And if you've been able to enjoy some of our episodes, please do scroll down and give us a rating. It helps other doctors and researchers to locate the podcast, and it gives us some feedback on how you're able to utilize the podcast or if you've been able to enjoy it. Also, if you have a particular topic that you'd like us to do an episode on, please send me an email, info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. Also, I'd encourage you to check out our website, lasertherapyinstitute.org. There is a ton of resources available to you on that page, and it's been recently expanded, so please go check it out. See if there's something there that's interesting. There's great ways to get in contact with us and excellent resources for you in your research on laser therapy, but then also in how to apply the therapy in your practice. Today, I would like to bring you some thoughts on very recent research that kind of challenges our understanding of a critical cellular component that is the mitochondria. Now, you've probably lost some of what you learned in school about mitochondria. So what I want to do today is talk to you briefly about what the mitochondria is, just as a reminder, just a refresher. This won't be super in-depth. I don't want to bore you to death. You can always go look up some additional information, of course. But talk to you about mitochondria, what we know, and the role of the mitochondria in laser therapy, and then get into this really recent discovery about mitochondria and how it can affect the way that you're using laser therapy in practice. So first of all, mitochondria, the mitochondria is a specific cellular organelle found in most cells. Uh, There's only a few cell types that don't have this, but in many, many cases, most cases, you're going to have anywhere between just a few mitochondria to up to 2,000 mitochondria in every cell. And the mitochondria's main task is to generate ATP. ATP is adenosine triphosphate, which is your main source of fuel in the cell. Without ATP, the cell will die. It does not function. With good amounts of ATP production, the cell can replicate and divide, it can repair, it can grow. So very critical component of the cell is this mitochondria. It also has important roles in cell signaling. And we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But first of all, the way it's structured, right? You've got a double membrane structure. You've got an outer membrane and an inner membrane. Between those two is the intermembrane space. And then inside the inner membrane is the matrix. Now the outer membrane contains the inner membrane space, obviously, but also has a lot of transport proteins. And those transport proteins are responsible for kind of maintaining the environment of that intermembrane space. Because in the intermembrane space, there are specialized proteins like cytochrome C. Does that sound familiar? Uh, Which if, if these specialized proteins leak out of that intermembrane space into the rest of the cell, then it actually signals cellular death or apoptosis. 
Now, the environment of that intermembrane space is very important for the function of the inner membrane and the matrix and that relationship there because the inner membrane contains the electron transport chain also contains ATP synthase. And then inside the inner membrane is the matrix, which contains the citric acid cycle enzymes. And this is how you start to talk about producing a potential within those membrane spaces so that work can be done to accomplish the process of creating ATP. And this is done by producing a proton gradient across that membrane by pumping protons into the intermembrane space, which produces this thermodynamic state that then therefore can be utilized to perform oxidative phosphorylation, where ADP is then phosphorylated to ATP, produced, and then pumped out into the cell. Now, that process is termed really the Krebs cycle of electron transport. And what happens there is different complexes pass those electrons along so that they gain more and more potential. The last step is complex four, which is cytochrome C oxidase, and that uses the electrons and hydrogen ions to reduce molecular oxygen to water, which then fuels this proton pump activity, and that is what allows us to produce ATP and water combined. Cytochrome C oxidase itself contains copper ions and heme groups, and that gives it the title cytochrome meaning that it is a chromophore it responds to light as well and that is an important distinction when we start talking about the ability of laser therapy to have a role in this mitochondrial production of energy so all the things we just talked about are pretty well established in scientific knowledge. And this next piece is fairly theoretical. We think we know quite a bit, but none of it's really been solidified. But what we believe we know is that certain colors of light have an effect on cytochrome C oxidase, as well as the mitochondrial bound water layers. This is important because if you can improve the efficiency of the cytochrome C oxidase functioning, and you can improve transport of mitochondrial bound water, then you can have more efficient, more effective mitochondrial function, which means more energy production. More energy production means increased cellular vitality, increased cellular ability to repair and to replicate and divide. And we know that certain colors of red and near infrared light absolutely do speed up the production of ATP. So if you can get light to these organelles, then you should be able to improve their function, which in turn improves cellular function and cellular health. Now that brings me to the study I want to talk to you about today, because you know everything we do on this podcast is really based on scientific studies, uh, except for the pieces where we talk about uh, clinic development and so forth. But this is the research study we're talking about today, and it is really groundbreaking. This was published in November of 2019 in the Journal of the Federation of American Societies for Experimental Biology, and the title is Blood Contains Circulating Cell-Free Respiratory Competent Mitochondria. Now, let's break that title down just a minute before we go on here. Blood, just free blood, contains circulating, cell-free, outside of the cell, respiratory-competent, functioning, mitochondria. They're saying that not only are these important organelles contained within cells, 
but there are functional mitochondria in the bloodstream freely circulating. This is a lot different than what I was taught in school 10, 15 years ago now. At that time, we thought that really these were isolated to the cells, and more recent research has shown that maybe there's some uh, in platelets as well. But this study, again from late last year, talks about cell-free functional mitochondria circulating freely in the blood. Now, much of this article talks about their methods of how they found these mitochondria, so I'm going to just jump to the discussion because I think I've already hit most of our max uh, on basic sciences and, and processes here just talking about mitochondria. But they go on in the discussion to say that there are structurally intact cell-free mitochondria in the blood circulation that are respiratory competent. They estimate between 200,000 and 3.7 million cell-free intact mitochondria per milliliter of plasma. Furthermore, they've seen this in both healthy individuals as well as patients with mitochondrial disease. And this is really intriguing because a lot of what we think about as clinicians when we're delivering laser therapy in particular is that we're trying to get light to these cells, the site of damage, so that we can help those cells repair, right? That's a big function of what most of us think we are doing when it comes to light and laser therapy. Providing light of the right type to those cells to assist the cells in repair by generating better mitochondrial function, better ATP production, and improved cellular signaling, such as the production of increased uh, nitric oxide, as well as even improved circulation. So what does this fact mean when it comes to medicine in general, but light therapy in particular? Well, let me read you a little bit more from the study before I go into how this has to do with what we're doing with laser therapy in particular. The researchers say, we believe that circulating cell-free intact mitochondria have crucial biological and physiological roles because mitochondria are already known as systemic messengers in cell-to-cell -cell communication by transferring hereditary and non-hereditary constituents. Mitochondria were recently discovered to translocate from one cell to another, and it has been demonstrated that these organelles harbor many damage-associated molecular patterns, including DNA, uh, lipids, and metabolites which are capable of activating immune cells and inducing an inflammatory response. So this is fascinating because not only are we talking about this process happening within a cell and immediately around that cell, but now we're taking this organelle, putting it into the bloodstream, freely circulating it. What could it be doing? What is the purpose of that freely circulating intact mitochondria? Well, we just don't really know yet. Now, hopefully in the next year or two, we see some further studies on this because it could be a huge, huge factor in many different disorders and many different therapies. But let's talk about what it might mean for laser therapy. This is where I'm going to get a little bit speculative with you because we don't know yet. We don't have the research on this. So let's play the guessing game. We know that laser therapy stimulates improved signaling and improved mitochondrial function. We, we know that pretty confidently at this point. And then we also know that laser therapy does affect the tissues you are working on directly, but it also has some kind of systemic effect in many cases, where not only do you see results right where you are shining the light, but also in other locations throughout the system. And further, there have been some studies on blood irradiation by red and near-infrared light. 
and how that might function as well. Once you take all these pieces and put them together to say that we know red and near-infrared light stimulates improved mitochondrial function and cell signaling, and we not only irradiate the target cells, but also the blood supply, we could see benefits and changes in not only the cells we are targeting, but in other areas distant to the site we are actually treating. And I think this can explain actually quite a bit in terms of the general fatigue that we see after many laser treatments and uh, even kind of body-wide aching for a short period of time. And those are about the only side effects we ever really see with light and laser therapy. But if you're not only irradiating a particular tissue, but then also the blood supply through that area, you could be looking at some really significant systemic effects that could positively affect a patient's progress. And even in tissues that are difficult to reach, the very deep tissues, the brain, the organs, even deep muscles like the iliopsoas, we're talking about maybe being able to affect those tissues simply by working on the blood supply. This, I think, is fascinating. We don't know a lot of what could be possible here. But as new pieces get discovered, you can definitely count on the LTI podcast to bring you the latest in the research on not only laser therapy, but also related research that could impact your patient's progress. I'd encourage you to keep listening to us. Subscribe if you would, please. Share these episodes with others you might think uh, would be interested. You probably have classmates uh, that went through medical school or PT school or chiropractic school with you that would be interested in this. Send this stuff on to them. If you have research nerds in your circle, definitely send this on to them. There is a lot of information here. What I'm going to do is make sure that we have a link to this study in the show notes. You can click on that and bring up the study and read it in all its glory if you'd like to. And again, I'm anxious to see what comes of this, what we're able to learn from here. And I think it's interesting that effects we've been seeing for years with laser therapy are finding science that actually supports what we've seen on the clinical level. I appreciate you joining me this week, and I appreciate your reviews and your feedback and your suggestions. Again, you can get a hold of us at lasertherapyinstitute.org as well as find more resources. I hope you come back and join us again next week. We have a very special end-of-the-year episode planned for you to talk about how to integrate laser therapy into your practice, some of the things you should be considering, and how to make sure that you're going to be successful for your patient's health. Thanks very much. I look forward to seeing you next week. Subscribe now to keep learning about the growing field of laser therapy. Check out our patient-focused podcast, Healing at the Speed of Light, a great resource for your patients. For massive practice growth and improved patient outcomes, become a certified Laser Therapy Institute clinic. Learn how at lasertherapyinstitute.org.